Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to season four finale of Surviving Empathy Podcast. I am your host, Brian Russell of Steph by Comedy, and today, ladies and gentlemen, I have my beautiful wife and co-host, Rebecca, and we are going to talk all about a little bit of everything. <laughs> I'm calling this show Super Duper Awesome Mega Show Season 4 Finale! Exclamation <laughs> point. So we have a bunch of topics that we didn't get to this season that I'm going to cover here in this two-part series, two-parter episode called Super Duper Awesome Mega Show Season 4 Finale, and I think you're going to enjoy it. We've got topics far and wide, everything from the paranormal to empath stuff to life and politics. Uh, I'm going to cover the gamut on everything this time just so that we can clean the slate, clean out the fridge, so to speak, and come back next season with a clean, clean refrigerator and a clean slate and a brand new attitude and a brand new way of doing things in the new year. We at Chef Bright Comedy and Surviving Empathy, we're just a two-person squad. It's just me and Rebecca. We're just two regular folks living in rural Oregon trying to do our best to create a brand that endures, to help regular people, to help people see what's going on in our culture and society, to uh, challenge regressive and oppressive things in our culture, and to give people clarity and mental health support, and to help those highly sensitive people out there learn how to find value in themselves when the world is tearing them down. If you like the work we're doing and you want to pitch into the cause or if you simply want to listen to the show or go to the YouTube channel, everything can be found on my Linktree. That is www.linktree forward slash Comedy. Everything is there. This will be a two-part episode, you guys, so do be sure to listen to part one before you listen to part two and vice versa. But uh, we, we absolutely love all of the friendships that we've built over the last two years. We are absolutely profoundly grateful for your friendship and your support. We, uh, we have real feelings. We get down. We get discouraged. But at the end of the day, uh, man, I get high on life. I am forever stoked, baby. And I want to share that with the world. So thank you for listening. And let's begin. Welcome back to the season finale of Surviving Empathy Podcast. I am your host, Brian Russell of Chef Bright Comedy. And today, ladies and gentlemen, I have my wonderful, beautiful host, co-host. She's my wife. She's my friend. She's the host with the most. She's everything and all that and a bag of chips. Ho, ho, ho. It's Rebecca Russell. <laughs> wow. Even a bag of chips. That's that's high praise. <laughs> <laughs> that <Hi>. is right. Hi. <laughs> Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Surviving Empathy Podcast. So, ladies and gentlemen, today's episode is going to be all about one big super episode about all the topics we didn't get to in Season 4. I've got a list that is longer than Santa's list of good kids and bad kids. And Did you check it twice? I checked it. Maybe three times. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I want to cover a bunch of topics that we didn't get to during the season. And I kind of wanted to real quickly start the show by addressing some of the more pressing things on my mind. Uh, as you guys know, if you listen to this show regularly, we are trying to create a mission of kindness and decency and uh, genuineness in our society. We we like to talk about mental health and robust living. We like to give average working people, regular folks, 
uh, a leg up to feel um, validated and encouraged and powerful and empowered in this society. And we talk about empath stuff and being a highly sensitive person. Don't think I didn't hear that over there, babe, with <laughs> your yeah, tablet making all kinds like, of noise. Yeah. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> Christmas spirit. Uh, yeah, we're doing fine. It's just that... Um, we're we're looking at the the dynamic of the show and we're like okay we're we're keeping our audience happy we're putting out good content but sometimes just, you know despite your best efforts it doesn't get as big as it could you know um with with 8 billion people on the planet i should be getting more downloads than a thousand downloads per month now that being said i've told you this before you guys is that if you're podcasting at 30 downloads per episode if you're getting 30 downloads per episode you're in the top 10th percentile of all podcasts in the world are we there yes sir rebob we are there but uh not that uh anybody's really noticed (laughs) so we're at a point where we're trying to switch things up we're trying to make it better for you we're trying to make the show more dynamic and uh, purify and distillate the brand uh, in the most easily digestible way possible and we're going to do that in a few ways first of all uh, we're going to try to do a youtube channel now that being said, I was a YouTuber a few years ago. It didn't go so great. I kind of gave it up because uh, I just wasn't really technically proficient enough to do it. I realized that I really wanted to be a radio guy, so that's what I ended up doing. We started the Chef Bride Comedy brand in 2018, and we continued on down the road until I had a podcast. And I love the work we do. I love that we are conversational and personal and kind. It's all about trying to give people a, a boost in this life. And yes, sometimes we do tackle serious subjects. Sometimes I get a little perturbed or cranky or irritable. It, you know, to err is to be human. I mean, good grief. Um, but at the end of the day, we try our hardest to be kind and to be um, just look for sustainable outcomes in our culture. That's what this is all about. But what I'm getting at is that we're going to try a few different things. Number one, we may. Now, I'm not positive about this. I have broadcasted this on my Patreon. We may uh, uh, go down to one episode of this here, Surviving Empathy, once per week instead of twice a week. And that would afford me the time to do other things on the YouTube front, as well as possibly a second podcast name yet to be determined so do look out for that i will uh, post that on my patreon i will do a bonus episode about it when the time comes but i'm at a place where we love what we do we love our audience we're trying to perpetuate joy and we're also trying to uh sort of uh, call out the regressive and oppressive systems out there just so regular average people who aren't in the know understand to what degree the world has gotten a little bit hateful, a little bit weird, a little bit regressive, a little bit oppressive. It's not to bum anybody out. That's why we try to mix this up with good things and bad things, but it's all about we're in this together. We're a a family. We're an empath tribe. We're doing this together, and uh, together we can get anything done if we just bother to care enough to try, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So... Dear. Yes. How are you feeling today? Pretty good. 
woke up with a migraine, but my medications worked, so yeah, I'm, I'm okay. I'm good. 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 You know, the thing about me is that I'm one part empath and kind person. I was a Boy Scout and a soldier. I live, live, live to fight for the vulnerable and the disempowered in our culture. Uh, but also, as a highly sensitive person myself, I do get a case of the morbs. I get a case of the crankies. I get a case of the, I just want to give fucking up. I just want to throw in the towel. But, Damn. you know, when I look at the numbers, they're not going down. I mean, other than seasonal downs because people are busy sh Christmas shopping and trying to get through work and the hectic hecticness of the holidays. There's that normal dip. Um, but, but I can't say that we're failing, that we're a dumpster fire. No, we're doing great, especially compared to podcasts that have been around for a few years longer than us. We're doing pretty darn good, I think. Yeah, we are. Just that we want to go viral. Something. We want something to go viral. Not because we're egomaniac. This is not a vanity project for me. This is a project from the heart. I really did start this from a place of absolute pure joy, pureness, pureness of heart. I wanted to legitimately help people figure out our culture and times to feel better, to have happiness and silliness and joy in your life, and to be a good person, a kind person. At the end of the day, though, I'm not immune from the world's problems, though. There's a lot of things that upset me, and I try very hard not to let those things rob me of my inner peace and joy, but sometimes they do. I can't help it. Yeah, it's things can get through sometimes and then you just have to write it out and yeah get back to good absolutely absolutely so i just wanted to do an episode about some of the past few episodes some of the changes coming down the road um babe i mean it, you know i i'm you know me in real life i'm not nearly as excitable as in real life as i am on the radio tell the folks what i'm all about please tell the folks what this is about and then we'll move on to the other topics. Well, yeah, it's just like you said, we just want to reach out to regular people and help real people mm -hmm. and let them know that they're not alone with what they're feeling and dealing with and living through. And right. we're all we're all there and we're all trying to be there for each other. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, I'm not a kind humanitarian because I'm some kind of egomaniac. I get very little... Uh, like actual validation out of this. My friends don't call me as much. Um, they think I'm Mr. Hotshot now. It's like, no, I'm a podcaster. I'm not a big shit radio guy yet. I mean, I got a long way to go before I'm Joe Rogan or somebody. But at the end of the day, I do this still because I really wanted to succeed for number one. But I want to feel like uh, you can live in a world and start your own business your own entrepreneurial business and 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 you can scratch your creative itch and you can say what comes from the heart in a way where you don't have to worry about the world uh you know judging you scrutinizing you hating on you we live in a world where there it's half lovers and givers and learners and kind decent people and it's half crazy lunatics and and uh, angry and spiteful and scornful people speak on that just a little. Well, yeah, you said it. I mean, it's it's a big mix, and yeah, I think most people are good, decent people, and you have the the outliers that are just 
trying to cause problems and be miserable and make everybody else miserable. But well, yeah, because since we've been doing this, our hate has come gone threefold. We never got any problems before, and now because people think I'm something that I'm not on the because I have a radio show. People are making all these grand assumptions that uh, I'm not a good person just because I get irritated or I'm not a kind or decent or a person simply because I, I give it back when people fuck with me. You know, like, tell them, tell them what we're really all about. I mean, come on. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you said it. <laughs> we're, yeah. We're just good people. But um, yeah. And but what do you think that is? Is I that jealousy it- or what is that? I don't know. I think people just like to cause problems. I think they're unhappy in their lives and they have to project that onto something and someone. And You would think they would have more time. Like, if you have all that time on your hands, instead of fucking with me, I don't know, maybe, like, I don't know, learn how to knit or, <laughs> you know, uh, paint ceramic plates. I don't know. Um, yeah. Learn well, archaeology. Learn, learn a new skill. There's so many people that expect you to take crap and not give it back but they for themselves if they get shit they can give they can give it back threefold whatever yeah and they just just feel others to not it feels like anytime you say anything outside of uh kindness that people will uh, try to destroy you they'll try to ruin your life now that we're in a technological society we have phone numbers we have emails uh, we have social media. We meet people that we've never met in real life. And uh, it feels like you think you know these people. You think they're on your side. And then you come to find out, oh, my God, they're going out of their way, spending all of their time thinking about what you said or thinking about what you've done. It's kind of like I'm getting the Joe Rogan treatment without all the good pay. <laughs> if I was getting Joe Rogan money, I wouldn't give a shit about any of these haters. But when you're doing this for free, practically, and you're doing it from a place of goodness and kindness, sometimes you wonder why you do it at all, you know? Yeah. It makes you feel like the world is more hateful. And I, I refuse. I refuse to believe that we're a world full of haters. We're a wor- world full of petty people. That we're a world full of childish, immature, dumb bastards. No! There's got to be more to it. There's got to be. And every time I start thinking that the world is filling up with a-holes... I just, I, I, I think about the people that I love, not only my friends and family, but I think about those kind and classy people out there that I love, like, I don't know, Patrick Stewart or, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, the sad guru or somebody. You have to learn to rise up beyond the, um, the pettiness of our times, you know. Yeah, and you just have to concentrate on the good. It's hard sometimes. It is hard because you, it's con- it's a constant bombardment, yeah. especially when you're highly sensitive energetically. And you you know I'm a I stir the pot. You know sometimes I I say what's on my mind. I try to keep it as real as possible, but I don't go out of my way to target people. I don't I don't out people. I don't say nasty things about people, but I do speak keep it real. And I think that. Um, that it empowers myself, and that seems to uh, offend some people on some level, don't you think? Yeah, it does some people, but what is them. wrong with them? Is does that is it like they can't stand another alpha in their myths? Like it feels like a bunch of people out there have this great big high opinion of themselves, and you dare to challenge their integrity because they're acting petty or immature, and then they want to ruin your life, and then they prove exactly what you suspected that they're immature. 
that they're ridiculous, that they're just, they'll spend all this time with you living rent-free in their heads and then trying to do things like spam you and trying to uh, create hate in this world. It's, it's, it's awful. Yeah, and I don't know what it is, and I don't understand it because I'm not like that. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to get into that mindset. I would not like wouldn't that. want to be in that mindset. Well, I'm a strong person, but I have my mental health lapses, as we all do. Uh, I'm trying to keep my shit together. I'm trying to believe in myself, and that's what this is all about, is I want to prove to average, regular working people that you can be represented by good people, that good people exist, and that when you believe in yourself, you can create a life around your goodness and your kindness and your decency and your integrity uh, to have intellectual property that means something. And if I die, God forbid, I know, a lot of, a lot of good that does as an atheist, <laughs> but, but you know what I mean. I still care about people. I'm a humanist. I'm a secular humanist. Just because I don't believe in a deity per se does not mean that I don't believe in the teachings of good values, good ethics good christianity when it's not being something weird you know yeah at the end of the day i just want people to behave themselves and be good to each other you know yeah absolutely so i've got a litany of topics here that i just can't want to spend a few minutes on there's a whole bunch here but the first one i have we'll just go down in order these are all the topics that i wrote out for the season you know and sometimes they'll get dismissed or they don't get used i thought ah let's just use them up now let's yeah, just well, sometimes they're have not, fun with it not they're enough not, for a whole right. episode and we've or done a whole that long be- talk. Yeah, know? we did that before where we do address a bunch of mini topics. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it goes really good usually. This is a super show. <laughs> super show. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the first one I have here is overthinking, under-enjoying, satisfying your soul to achieve your dreams, comfort, and happiness. Okay, so at the end of the day, I think overthinking is the major reason why we're all miserable. Because we have this tendency in our society to do a couple of things. Number one, we have very active brains. So that's hard. It's a, it's like a, it's like a tool. So you had a lawnmower that never turned off and you're it's out in the yard going, and you're like, hey, 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 we're not mowing right now. No, no, no. And then it burns out its motor, right? That's what our overthinking does. Yeah. And so even I, as much as I've gotten better at it through, Grounding and filtering in these various ways as an empath to block out the world out there. Uh, being a public figure for an empath is this is the worst thing you could possibly do to us or an introvert for that matter. Mm-hmm. You know, but we're doing it because we want to connect with kind, good, decent, regular people. We want pe- there to be a sense of cool and fun and festivity in our culture that I think is sometimes lacking due to the hardships out there. You know. Oh. Yeah, it definitely is. But what do you think it means, overthinking, under-enjoying, and satisfying your soul to achieve your dreams, comfort, and happiness? Now, what what does that say to you? What What is going on in our culture, and what is it with our biology that we just allow ourselves to cling to the low-hanging fruit of bad people and uh, saying nasty, not, not, no good things, what? Why do we let those things yeah. get to us, and, and how do we stop it? I think it? because, not that it's so prevalent, but it's usually those are the voices that are the loudest, mm-hmm. and they're always in your ear, and you're always hearing them, and you're always thinking about them, and it's yeah. just easy 
for our brains to just kind of cling on to things. It's like and, it's like um, earworms, or yeah. you know, like a, a like you you know you never get like Beethoven's Fifth stuck in your head, but you'll get no. that damn car <laughs> commercial stuck in your head. Yeah, exactly. You know? uh, and it's yeah, and it's like a brain snag. It's like uh, yeah. you get these little hang up thoughts that are just you know you want to rise. To, to higher you want to become deeper more mature but then you're you're sitting here playing patty cake with all the dipshits all the hateful people down there uh and you're letting these little voices kind of eat you up inside and then they get inside your head rent free how do we yeah. stop that it's you just have to be conscious of it i think yeah and kind of mentally mm-hmm. purposefully switch gears yeah. And or do or do things to keep your mind off of it. Do like, mindfully positive yeah. things. Do mm-hmm. mindfully relaxing things and somehow yeah. it's funny. I've learned something about grief. I've learned something, you know, when our cats died, when my grandparents died, breakups, you know, we all suffer from grief. Um the thing I've learned about grief and the thing I've learned about anger and hate and uh, mental snags when we're caught up on a thought that we can't let go of, even though we know we should, um, is that um, they go away with time. They just, everything fades with time, thankfully. Um, Our brain, the scars that are created, they do scab over, whether that's literal or not. They tend to scab over, and with time, we, we don't, you know, like, say you have a falling out with someone that you cared about, but you know you did nothing wrong. And then it hurts deep, and you're like, "Oh wow, that friendship's gone." And it's like it's like losing uh, one of your appendages, you know. And it feels like you have this phantom limb for a while. And then after a while, you get to a point where you're like, "Well, I did what I could," you know. So long mm-hmm. as you know you did what you could to prevent it, maybe you helped cause it a little bit. You know, it takes two to tango. It was we sometimes give back when people are being mean to us, being rude to us, or being unfair yeah. to us. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, um, just because somebody's frustrated and saying it out loud doesn't mean that they're hateful people and doesn't mean that uh, we're, I'm trying to destroy your life. I mean, some people don't know where the line is, and it feels like anymore. Sometimes you fuck with the wrong person, and they may have a vendetta to uh, unravel you. And, I mean, you you know those girls at the beginning of the season, what mm-hmm. happened, the drama online. Yeah, I mean, we were trying to defend women and their rights and then for them to turn on you and to be so boldly cold and callous and it's like they're you know signing me up for spam emails signing me up for phone call spam doing all these crazy ridiculous things it's like um hey i am advocating for women female empowerment and while i do that i would prefer it that i didn't have a bunch of hateful jealous shallow women going off when i know i did nothing wrong but like the situation happened we were really upset about it for a couple days and now i don't ever think about it exactly it doesn't hurt at all anymore yeah the break the falling outs i've had with friends and acquaintances i mean it is unfortunate that we have to lose people but i think that's just a natural part of life is that life is fluid you keep mm-hmm. growing, and, and as you become smarter, as you become more mature and enlightened, you tend to 
lose certain people because either they don't get you or they don't want to get you or maybe they're they're trying to keep their life small. I know a lot of people who are having mental health problems. I got a lot of friends who are having mental health problems and I never hear from them anymore. And every once in a while, I'll go on social media or I'll text them. I'll say, hey, you still alive? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, you okay? And yeah. uh, they're like, yeah, I'm okay. I'm like, okay, just checking. See you in a few months. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. And that's, I'm sure, appreciated on their end because yeah. when you're in that and you, you don't reach out to people, it's just nice to know that people still realize you're alive. And Well, I've found that it, you can go the cold route in life and be rude and be cruel and be cold and um, uh, live your life with this like alpha authority or this dickishness about you. We all get there from time to time, bad customer, rude person, whatever. We get we go there for a minute. But but entertaining those over time, you start to realize that it's a cancer. It's a cancer yeah. to your soul and it's a cancer. It eats up at you and then you become the very thing you sought mm-hmm. to fight against, which is monsters. Yep. You're here to fight against hate. You're here to fight against uh, immaturity and lacking in integrity. And so sometimes um, when you're sparring, if you will, with these kind of hateful type souls, uh, you realize that uh, the world, there's a lot of people out there that just aren't ready for prime time, you know? Yeah. And yeah, you just kind of have to keep check on yourself and realize when you're going that way and just kind of pull back and just be aware of what's going on with yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, What about the under enjoying? How do we maximize our joy when we have all these little earworms and brain snags? You just have to make a conscious effort to do it. Yeah. And I've, I've, that's what I try to do. Well, how do you block out impending thoughts? Because I mean, I think that's what most Mm -hmm. people want to get to the chase. I have these impending thoughts. I can't let go. It's 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 a crushing burden on my soul, and I can't let go of it, even when I try. Yeah, it even happens with, to me, and I'm pretty good yeah. at letting go of it. Well, things. with me, <clears throat> that was a big part, or is a big part of my depression. Right. So once I actually started on antidepressants decades ago, mm-hmm. it helped with that so much. Yeah, kind of helped break that. What did I call that? Um, when you're upset. When you're depressed, we have this tendency to um, repeat things over yeah. and over and over in our mm-hmm. heads, and um, and it, it it's like it's like this nagging emotional itch that we can't scratch, and it just kind of uh, festers, and yeah. and then you can't get rid of it, and then because I noticed that yeah, when you got off your meds for that time. It was like, let go. You would have been let go of this by now. Yeah. Why are you still yeah. hanging on to this? Exactly. You know? yeah. yeah. So it makes us hang on to things longer when you have some chemical imbalance mm-hmm. or when you have some emotional uh, need that's not being fulfilled. And I think that's what happens to me sometimes is I ha- I come here, you know, um, uh, naked and fearless to say, hey, I come here empty handed except to extend my hand for love. For joy, for for friendship and companionship, but occasionally you draw back a nub, as Pantera would say, <laughs> and you're like, "Whoa! Why did you attack my arm? Why did you yeah. rip my arm off? Why did you rip my face off?" Um, I just think some people are going through it out there, and while I tend to let go of the people when they're just being nasty because you know they're just having a bad day, uh, some people take an extra special delight in hurting each other. Trump supporters, political extremists, whether it be left or right, the woke called cancel culture they take a special delight in wanting to destroy someone yeah and that is so fucking crazy to me yeah it is it absolutely is 
Yeah, because you're afraid to be yourself. I'm afraid as a public figure to like say anything to anyone anymore. You know, it's like, especially if they have your information, then they want to take that information and spread it all over God's green earth, spam the hell out of you. It's like, good grief, get a life, dude. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And as far as myself with those kind of thoughts too, like I just, I, you obviously know, I'm Mm -hmm. always just playing little games on my phone or doing coloring apps or reading. Yeah. And I think part of it. Mine is reading articles. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's just a way to, to keep your mind busy on other things. Well, I hate to give Joe Rogan credit. (laughs) 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 Kidding, kidding. I like the guy. At least, like I said, he's, he's wealthy. He's a little bit elitist. He's trying to live at the top of his game. I get a little sort of bummed out about our culture and society because there is such gross uh, negligence and caring for our society. And so when someone makes it, kind of like Elon Musk or Joe Rogan is that they get really kind of arrogant about it or they act like it was all planned that way. They're not grateful for how they got yeah. there or for the people that that helped them get there and achieve that. And then they forget, I think, what it was like to be lower middle class or poor. They forget. And well, so they, some people never were. <clears throat> yeah. Well, like that's Elon true. Musk never was. Right. Like he never knew knew that. Right. But what would you, you know, what I was going to say is, as Joe Rogan uh, uh, said that um, he said that uh, <clears throat> that that anxiety is this thing that builds up in all of us, and we assume that it doesn't. We assume some people get it and some don't, but anxiety manifests in a lot of different ways, and that physical fitness helps get rid of it. And he's so right about that. You know, if I hadn't screwed up my back, so I got this new uh, inversion table, put it all together. You guys probably saw it on social media. (laughs) And uh, I went to go hang upside down all the way because I'm Batman. (laughs) Uh, No, because I'm extreme like that. Well, I haven't done it in like months. It's been a a year probably. Yeah. And uh, I, I kind of felt the, this bulging disc. I'm like, oh, God, because I have a history of, uh, uh, you know, uh, hernia, herniations, herniated discs. And uh, I felt it come, and I'm like, oh, crud. So I'm off this week from exercise, but I feel that anxiety brewing in me because I haven't ran, I haven't worked out. Um, but the point I'm making is that uh, Joe Rogan's a lot of things, but he's absolutely correct when it comes to Uh, physical activity getting rid of anxiety because i think the vast majority of us hate our own anxiety because it turns anxiety see depression makes us sometimes lean into the things that make us feel melancholy and morose Mm -hmm. but anxiety we lose our wits entirety it makes it makes us scared yeah and when you're scared you lose your wits and when you lose your wits you lose your empowerment and so you feel like you're going to die, even though you're not going to die. And uh, I mean, I had bad stuff. Like I had white coat syndrome. Um, I got an STD test once and I was convinced I had AIDS. Why? I don't know. I always had protected sex. <laughs> it was an irrational fear. Well, yeah, that's what anxiety is. I scared myself yeah. to the point and, uh, that I was hyperventilating. And then the, the doctor said, chill out. You're fine. <laughs> and he, and he, I'm like, really? Really? And he's like, yeah, you're fine negative i'm like oh okay and then i calm down and in other words we can manifest problems that aren't even there and so especially when you're sensitive and uh, that could be emotionally or energetically sensitive when you're sensitive you just 
you construct a world around you that isn't necessarily there. Speak on that. Yeah, it's easy to do because brains are weird things. They are. Some (laughs) little thing will happen, might even be so minute you don't even realize it, and then your brain just starts adding to it and thinking on it. It becomes a splinter. Yeah, yeah. it's so easy for your mental health to sort of... um, just get derailed at some point. And then that translates to your physical body a right, lot of times, too. Right. So. Well, I did that with my sleep. The more hard, difficult my sleep got, the more I started to worry about it, the more I started to worry about it, the more anxious I got, the more anxious I got, the more I thought about it, the more I thought about it, the more I worried about it. You know what I mean? And <laughs> exactly. it just became yeah. a cycle. Mm-hmm. And I had to break the cycle, and now I sleep pretty good. Is it perfect all the time? No. But incrementally, when I look back on it, I'm so glad to be out of that because that was a self-repeating fear that I just, Mm -hmm. I had to get out of. I had to break it. And I think that stemmed from grief. Grief. Speak on grief, please, if you will. And I have a meme afterward I want to talk about. Wow, that is a a large. Uh, it's a big large subject. thing. Well, it's, it can be all. Summarize. Yeah, it can be all encompassing. I mean, yeah. it can affect your mental health. Can affect your physical health. It's it's a tough one. It really is, and it's a it's a I, sticky thicket. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? I, I don't really know what else to say about it. Yeah, it's just something that we all deal with and for various reasons and it can be for reasons that other people don't find important but to you it is yeah it's not always understandable by other people yeah well that's just it you you know that's why i like that red hot chili pepper song that says scar tissue that i wish you saw you know he's talking about the internal scars that that form our loves our appreciations, our kindness, our joys, our fears, our uh, irrational fears, our, uh, our our worries, our stressors, all of that is all hinges on our mental health. It all hinges on our ability to deal with stress, deal with emotional turmoil, and to deal with grief and disappointment. And so I have yeah. a I have a thing here. This is actually from Stephen Colbert, mm-hmm. which of all people, yeah. you know, comedian. Well, but hey, he's human too. Yeah. But uh, I think that's the thing I like about him, because for a long time, I really was like, he's really superficial. He just goes out there and hams it up and blah, blah, blah. And -hmm. I'm like, no, there's a deeper him there. He just doesn't show it. Yeah. Yeah. But he'll talk about it once in a while. He will. And when he gets real, you're like, oh, there's really a person there. There's probably anxieties and all these things there. And, And you don't think celebrities are human but they're human they yeah. they go through the same stuff yes they do just with better houses yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay so says i think there's a fear of grief that grief itself is a form of death that grief itself is a form of defeat and we want to stay on top and we want to win we don't want bad things to happen whereas grief is not a bad thing grief is a reaction to a bad thing grief itself is an is a natural process that has to be experienced. Mm -hmm. And I think that is really wise words because it took me forever to get over the grief of my grandma. It's part of the reason why I drank myself to death in my early 20s. But it's also the reason why I'm a better person today. In other words, when you get tired of all the discord, when you get tired of all the grief, you, you come correct, you become better, you humble yourself, mm-hmm. and you become a better person, and you become more selfless. And that really is what I'm trying to distillate and, and share with my audience is to 
capture the spirit of appreciation and sharing and goodness and kindness to people. It doesn't mean uh, be a pushover. It doesn't mean uh, that we should um, be vulnerable to the people who are going to take that information and exploit it. Um, know who to be vulnerable to. But that's what's hard about having a podcast is that your lovers and haters uh, listen alike. And so you do open yourself, you open these wounds, you open yourself to these things and then uh you, you have people comment somewhere on your instagram or twitter or wherever like and you're like okay bye yeah <laughs> well and that's just being human anywhere yeah, right it's just amplified a little bit when you're doing something that's more in the public eye well yeah. and especially when you're not a big shit celebrity because they have people to handle all this i have to handle all my own email i have to handle i i just had to get my own coffee I know that is. I don't have a secretary yet. This is bullshit. Well, well, I sat here and played on my phone. I know. Coffee. Why? No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) But my point is, is that yeah, we're just regular people, and I have regular gripes. I have regular fears and worries. I even have irrational fears that I've had to learn to get over. In fact, I'm dealing with with right now because it's December, and I won't go into it because I know it's nonsense. I know it's bullshit. I know it's just my own brain splinters. Uh, and you pull those splinters out, and there's little scars. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. maybe literal scars, but they're figurative. Oh, yeah. They're emotional scars. And those scars make up the totality of who we are. I, I, I read the other day that who we are in the first seven years of our life is who we're going to be for the rest of our life in terms of emotional support, in terms of our main personality. And I think back of from me, to zero to seven, I I had a kick ass zero to seven. Yeah, I mean kindergarten I was rough because I didn't know what the hell I was doing there. <laughs> Same, <laughs> but uh, but most of it was good. I have a good family that while we didn't have a lot of money, we always had each other's back. We always had. Uh, I always went to sleep with a feeling of comfort and cradledness that not a lot of people have, and I didn't know that that was a thing. And so now that I'm older. And I deal with a whole lot more than I did when I was a kid. Um, so I, I've had to learn to recapture that that cozy comfort smile that I used to get when I was a kid yeah. before bed. That snuggly goodness that was innocence and goodness and fun. I've had to learn to recapture that because we're, our brains have been bamboozled and bombarded by the real world of hate and greed and fear and things. Uh, speak on that. Yeah, well, it's true. It's that's why you have to have a cozy little place that's your own to come back to every day when yeah. you're out in the world and being bombarded by all of that. And well, let me ask you this. If you have a brain tick, some emotional hang-up that you're not getting through, it's fucking with your sleep or it's fucking with your mental health, uh, and, and it's not something you can just let go of. It could be some past trauma. It could be some current trauma. It could be some thought that's just an impending thought of doom or whatever. Um, how, when you know it's there and you know time has a way of sort of dissolving that through time, how do we deal with those uh, fears in the in the meantime? How do we uh, cope with those things? Yeah, well, and it doesn't always fade. Sometimes stuff will hang on and hang on. For and a that's long time. For a long time. And I think if you had, if that's when it's time to hopefully have someone that you can talk to either a professional or a good friend or yeah. a trusted person because well, it's, it helps to get it out and have a different perspective on things yeah and, well i went on facebook the other day to tell everybody like hey you guys 
I'm just trying to make a show that uh, explores the world and, 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 and finds the kindness and finds the uh, positive outcomes and tries to cheer people up and be silly and goofy and fun, but also to uh, tackle serious matters. And so I think sometimes when I'm in one of my more serious moods, people, they, they feel like I'm attacking them or personally attacking something they care about or someone they care about. It's like, no, this is never personal. This is about attacking uh, uh, topics in a way that it makes people go, oh, yeah, why do, I, why do I allow myself to do that? And hopefully it's allowing people to get through their own mental struggles because they see that it's common that we all go through these things. Yeah, we absolutely <clears throat> do. And that's why it helps to have people around that are similar to you that you can talk to and you can kind of, it helps to commiserate and be talking to someone and mention something and have them say, oh, yeah, me too. Yeah. It just helps to know that you're not alone. And that's why what I hope that we can do for people is to let them know that, you know, we deal with the same shit. Other people deal with the same stuff. It's yeah. not just you and you're not alone. And well, I think if people assume that because you're on the airwaves like this, that you have a podcast, that you must have some special connections. No, I'm just a dude from California that moved to Oregon, got fed up with the bad economy here and decided to start his own career. You know, that's all it's about. I, I've got a wealth of a lifetime of experiences that are make me well suited to know about cooking and recipes and knowing about uh, EMT work and uh, mental health stuff. Not that I was a professional mental health psychologist, but I am somebody who's always been a, a, a sensitive, a highly sensitive person. And so I feel like I know people's grief. I feel their grief. I know when people feel embarrassed. I can tell. I feel, you know, and so I wanted to represent the common man, the everyday person to say, hey, we get it. We get it, you know. Um, and, and this has been one great big experiment in trying to be regular people living a big, bold, happy, empowered life. But do I always yeah. feel that way? No, not necessarily. I mean, it's a daily struggle to yeah. put my mental health in place. The one thing that I realized recently is that um, there's a thing called, I, I called it, and I said it on a previous episode a couple of days ago, I talked about insecurity. Now, I didn't mean insecurity like shy insecurity, like, oh, I'm insecure, stop. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, like, growth insecurity, knowing you're getting older, knowing your parents are getting older, knowing that uh, rent may not always get paid, knowing that the jobs market is so bad. These are insecurities that don't go away despite booze, despite weed, despite any of your thoughts and thinking patterns. These are realities that don't go away. In other words, we're always going to have, unless you're Joe Rogan with millions of dollars in a pool and a great dog and a great wife and a great life, those everyday people insecurities don't ever go away. They're always persistent, especially as you get older, because you can, you can stave it off when you're young. Eh, just smoke a joint. Eh, you can kick the mm -hmm. can down the road. But yeah. it comes a time where the rent, the, the mental rent that that's in your head comes due and you have to pay the piper. Mm -hmm. And then when that time comes is when you either have to make adjustments to your physical health, make adjustments to your libations, your drinking, your smoking, your drugs, whatever. Um, but you have to start getting right with yourself and you have to start getting right with life. But I've talk on that though, the, the insecurity of regular people. Cause that's why when I was talking about Joe Rogan on a previous episode, 
you know, I told you and I showed it to you. Like, how is he sitting there saying that we're not allowed to, um, you know, like people who the people who can't catch a break crowd are so annoying to him that it's a cancer and it's pissing yeah. on people's fire. Well, that's really nice, rich guy. I'm sorry that uh, my existence uh, annoys you. You know, I tried in the most mature way possible to um, talk on that. But but that's what I mean is people who have all their needs met don't have that insecurity that we have despite our best efforts. In other words, I don't know where my next rent check is coming from always. I don't have the security of knowing that, um, you know, a winter storm isn't going to blow this trailer down. Like, I feel a realness about life that I'm sure successful people have some of that too, but it discombobulates you to the point of giving up or giving in to defeat. Speak on that. Well, yeah, people that are well off like that, they don't have the the insecurities about things like, especially people that are really, really poor. Food, like food insecurity. Food Emotional and insecurity. And yeah, all of that. Well, shelter the insecurity. They, that's, that's maybe the one thing right. that they... The emotional yeah, insecurity, but they don't, right. Yeah, they mm. don't understand the, the insecurity of not knowing if you're going to be able to survive and be comfortable and live and right. It's right. And that's, and that's what scares me right now because I don't want to give up on the show just because I think we're doing good work. We, we set out to do exactly what we did. I think it helps a good many people. Um, I know because people keep tuning in that signifies and signals to my brain. Hey, Brian, people like you, people are on this journey with you. Let's go for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but very rarely do people contact me anymore. They used to in the beginning, but they don't as much anymore. Um, uh, no one really helps financially, and I'm trying to just keep the lights on until we get sponsored. Um, and sometimes I feel invalidated because of that. And I feel invalidated because my friends, my real friends in real life, uh, maybe don't quite understand my motives. This is not a, a vanity project. This is a, a help the world project. Speak on that, the insecurity of not knowing um, how to feel about people's sort of lazy motives, I suppose. What do you mean by lazy motives? I just mean, like, people assume when you don't call them enough that that you hate them now. Uh, It's a lazy way of thinking of, well... That makes sense, yeah. Brian doesn't do the things and say the things in the way I want, therefore he must hate me now. No! I'm busy. <laughs> and we always yeah. assume when people don't call us enough that we that 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 they hate us. Yeah. Well, what that's is that? Just, yeah, that? I think that's just being human and you just kind of like with everything just stop and take a step back and kind of I spoke look to my at things and think about things. Yeah, I spoke to my cousin Pat the other day. We haven't spoken for a year. I mean, a solid year. Yeah. Maybe last Christmas. Mhm. And uh he's all yeah, doing good. I'm sorry that I just tune out and blah, blah, blah. And I'm doing fine. I got this new diagnosis, but I'm working on it. And then I told him about my fibro. And uh, I said, it's all good. And that was that. No more conversation. I texted him back. It was during a show. I was recording. Mm-hmm. And, but to know that he's still there and that he still cares, I mean, that's what it's yeah. all about. You know, uh, I, we just got to check in with each other from time to time, especially... Yeah. During the holidays and especially during trying times. And I'm 
guilty of that, of not checking in with people, yeah. too. So I, I get it. it. It's understandable to me because I'm the same way. Well, I just feel like before I started the podcast, I got a lot more attention on social media. I got, And I think that's algorithm problems and stuff. But I got a lot more attention. It felt like people were there for me more. People were pitching in more in the beginning. Uh, and now it's like... You take all that and you assume, well, they must not like what I'm doing. They must think I'm this or that. And if if they are thinking that, it's like, well, they're misunderstood. And if they aren't, because they probably in all likelihood aren't, you're like, well, what happened? Why did it get so quiet? Why do I feel like my life is so alone now that I'm just doing podcasting? There's 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 no ego in this. So why would anything change? What do you think that is? I think it's just life. Yeah, and people get stuck in their people own get lives. Busy. And, Do you think yeah. there's any actual animosity there, or is that we just make that up no, in our own heads? I don't think there is. Yeah, I, think I it's agree. Probably just it's, it's <laughs> the little anxiety part of your brain trying to cause issues. Mm-hmm. And I know the self sabotage in our own brains. That's what I was saying. We're our brains are a tool. If you don't shut it up and keep it clean, keep your motor clean, um, it'll start betraying you. Yeah. You know, and it will. Anyways, any final thoughts on that? Um, uh, let, let me re- readdress what it was. Overthinking, under enjoying, satisfying your soul to achieve your dreams, comfort, and happiness. Just final thoughts. Final thoughts. You just have to be mindful of things and make sure you have the little things that you can do that help you feel comfortable and happy and cozy and 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 be physically active enough for your anxieties to go to be abated when you start exercising regularly it doesn't have to be like crazy amounts but 20 30 minutes of walking 20 30 minutes of jogging or running uh push-ups and sit-ups any small thing you can do to keep your body active I think is a perfect and beautiful way of getting all those demons out, getting all those anxieties out. I get anxious when I don't work out enough. In fact, I feel it a little bit today, but thankfully I know what it is. I can identify it because I can identify it. I know it's just that thinking, thinking. And so I just ignore it, but it's that, Hey, Brian, you're anxious. Hey man. Hey dude, you're feeling insecure about something. It's like, yeah, I know. Shut up. I don't care. (laughs) Okay. So good. Uh, Now I have here uh, traversing the world uh, correctly. Everything is possible, but nothing is real. Or is it? So what I mean by that is, is when you look out in the, the, the out there in the world today, whether it be on social media or the news or, you know that we're there's all these big cities, there's all these big conglomerates, there's all these people out there, and everywhere you look, there's just people looking better, feeling better, with better jobs, and talking about... I saw an article the other day, uh, we don't think we can have kids because we can't afford it. We we make over 200000 per year. I'm like, oh, isn't that terrible? <laughs> Poor fella. Like, they're feeling financially insecure about having kids, and they make two hundred k a year. Now, mm-hmm. I read the article. I think they need to grow up. <laughs> I need. To th- I think they need to grow a thicker skin. Yeah. And maybe they could, I don't know, uh, lower their costs. I mean, they're talking about, I mean, yes, kids are expensive. And yes, uh, the exorbitant amounts of money we spend on kids, spend on ourselves, the world today. I mean, it feels like we should all have to be millionaires to, to be comfortable anymore. You know, my aunt says that all the time. And I'm like, I don't think that's quite right because... 
we don't make that much and we're doing okay. We're not great, but we're certainly yeah. not, uh, you know, worried about homelessness or food insecurity right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, so speak on that. What 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 is that? <laughs> I think as far as that article goes, people just need to kind of lower their their standards not like lower right. to the point no, where no. you know you're doesn't mean lower in, your class standards exactly but, but lower but you can probably get away with not buying that gucci bag yeah but that's the thing or that people, coach bag yeah but people that have that kind of mindset like that's where they are and that's where they think they have to stay to keep up with the joneses and yeah anything less is just not well maybe there's some truth to that maybe we don't succeed because we're not Showing that, like, I truly believe. Now, I first learned this from Howard Stern. Howard Stern said, talk about yourself as if you're uh, rich, mighty, and powerful. Um, and and it will become a self-fulfilling thing. We see Donald Trump do it all the time, and it works. It fucking works. And so... Did you guys hear that eye roll? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's your eyes rolling. Yep. <laughs> um, now... Never mind whether we like the person or not. That's beside the point. But the point I'm making is that traversing this world correctly, um, is everything possible? You know, it's like the old Living Color song. Everything is possible, but nothing is real. You know, and and we are the children of concrete and steel. Yeah. Everything is possible, but nothing is real. And I think what he's trying to say there is that um, everything's possible, we're told, but uh, but nothing is real, especially now in the time of social media. That's taking on a whole new meaning mm-hmm. that we yeah. we forge these bonds. We forge these friendships. And then uh, soon they either go away for good or they betray us. And so how can we feel like traversing this world is an actual real thing? Is, is it everything possible? To what extent can we really get there, succeed? financially emotionally uh and 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 how much of it is just poor people hoping for the best but nothing ever changes yeah i i don't believe that everything is possible i mean Mm -hmm. i know it's the mindset you're supposed to have and yeah all gung-ho about everything but there are Mm -hmm. barriers and there are obstacles for a lot of people that just cannot be overcome no matter how hard you work or how hard you put yourself out there yeah so it's it's hard it's a another time you have to apply balance like you have to realize what is possible and work towards that but don't yeah get mad at yourself and Mm. and cut yourself down because you can't achieve certain things that are engineered to not be possible for you well i think a lot of people and that's why i got a little kind of like i tried to answer joe rogan instead of back talk or talk smack of Joe Rogan um, because I don't dislike the man. Um, he seems like a fun guy to chill with. I'd drink a beer with him or mm-hmm. smoke a doobie or something. Shit. Yeah. Um, I'll eat some elk meat. <laughs> <laughs> that all being said, um, I just feel like those who've made it kind of act like, uh, Hey man, you're, you're, you're killing my buzz, dude. You're, you're, you're yeah. joy. You're kill joy. Well, Welcome to my life, motherfucker. I mean, yeah. you know, so uh, do we have a right to, I mean, yes, in spirit, we should not be cancerous in terms of thinking we can never catch a break, but good God, 
I'm 48 years old. I think I've pretty much fucking proven that the economy doesn't work right for regular people unless you get into uh, entertainment. And that's the thing. You see all these entertainers. It's always actors or politicians. It's always the public figures who have made it saying that you can achieve your goals. And yet no jobs pay good unless you are a doctor, a lawyer, an accountant, a dentist, uh, you know, maybe a few more. (laughs) (laughs) And, and and an entertainer. And that's it. Yeah. And there's these like five things you can do to make gobs of money, but everything else is sort of like not great. That's a problem in our culture. And I yeah. was trying to address that, that insecurity that re- regular people, jobs, regular people living, uh, there's an insecurity to that. And there's a reason why we bitch and moan about it. It's not to be cancerous or to uh, have that stink of, oh, I'm just poor white trash. No, it's about the f- wanting to feel valid in the sense that the economy isn't the same anymore. And we're getting tired of rich, successful people saying that we can go do what they do. Not necessarily, yeah. because if you didn't have celebrityism, if you didn't have entertainment biz, you wouldn't be rich. You'd yeah, be, exactly. Well, it's like you, you know, talk about people like that. Mm-hmm. They just have a baked in audience. Yeah. So whatever they do, they're going to have backing. They're going to have fans. They're going to have people supporting them. Like no matter what. Yeah, it just reminds me. I think it was about a year or so ago. There's a Kim Kardashian came out and said people just need to work harder. Like, bitch, please. <laughs> Who are you like, to be yeah, saying and that? And that's the thing when people like that come out and say shit like that. It's like it's it's meaningless. And she got a lot of shit for it because yeah, yeah it's because for her a lot of her fans are regular people yeah, going yeah. black girl. Yeah. Exactly. Girl, you go. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, and, and all I mean to say is that, yes, in general, as a general rule, we should try to be more optimistic and positive. Yeah. But the fact that we're not allowed to kick grass or kick dirt or be sour grapes once in a while, like, fuck you, Joe Rogan. You're not the one living in this mobile home, motherfucker. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know oh, what yeah. I'm saying. Well, yep. give somebody, what's the silver lining to this? Because, sure, not everything is real. Everything is not possible, but something's possible, right? What? Where? <laughs> tell, tell the folks. Is it? Is it though? <laughs> well, I, I'm, maybe I'm kind of stuck in it myself, so it's kind of hard, hard for me to. Well, the reason why we continue to do this is not because I've seen every sign that we're going to blast off to the stratosphere. I do it because I have faith in the process. I do it because I have faith in the work we do. And I do it, frankly, because I have faith in our audience. Because when kindness catches hold, when empathy uh, uh, does its work, does its magic over time, when you put it good into the universe long enough, there's a cosmic karma to that. And I do feel like when I do say something wrong, I always get that instant karma where I kick mm-hmm. my toe or something. Yeah. I stub my toe or something shitty happens. In other words, um, I fly right because, um, frankly, it makes me feel good. And, frankly, because I do think that there's the, uh, the law, the karma of good energy, bad energy, where you put enough good energy out there, it will reciprocate. It will catch hold. It will do something. Mm-hmm. Maybe not as much as you'd like. Maybe not always as fast as you like. But I do feel in the law of doing the right thing, that eventually yeah. when you do the right thing long enough, something will happen it doesn't mean that it'll happen today it doesn't even mean it'll happen 20 years from now but eventually 
You know, it's like <laughs> it's like office space. Peter, good things can happen. The guy who got won a six figure uh, settlement because he got in a car accident. Good things can happen, right. Peter, if you just wait long enough. Um, As but he's no. there with a broken neck, and a- yeah, he's got a broken neck, and he's in a wheelchair. <laughs> Peter, I know you hate, you hate your job, and I know, but but you gotta hang in there. Um, but. No, there's got to be some practical application to positivity. I do believe, despite the absence of a a supernatural God giving us and granting these things to us, I do feel like being a good person does have its merit, its reward, and its long-term viability that when you do nice things and good things to help people, it will uh, come back, maybe not twofold, but it will come back in Mm -hmm. some ways. Um, just the other day, my friend Keith Burr, it was like 10, 11 o'clock at night. And he's all, dude, I haven't talked to him in like six months. And he's like, (laughs) dude, I'm two hours from home. I have no money. We got two flat tires. I need help. (laughs) And I'm like, how much do you need? He's like 50 bucks. I'm like, all right, it's done. Yeah. No questions asked. Now, at first I was like, is this really him or did he get, and he's all, he did a voice message. He's like, Yo, bro, it's me. It's like, you know, it kind of sounds like Boomhauer. He's like, Keith Burr. Keith Burr sounds like Keith Burr. Nobody else can do Keith Burr. I'm like, it's Keith. (laughs) (laughs) But I gave him the 50 bucks. He's yet to return it. But I have faith. I have faith that he'll return the money. I have faith that I've strengthened that bond of friendship. And I have faith in that doing good, positive things has its rewards, even if it's just feeling good, knowing that you're walking the straight and narrow. You're doing the right things. You're putting in the right stuff into your life is that just superstition or what is that no i don't think so and i think even just the the feeling it gives you just knowing you're doing the right thing well the laws of positivity and the laws of attraction dictate that when you do good things more times than not good things will come just like i said if you if you exercise more times than not you'll get results if you eat sensibly more times than not you won't get unhealthy or fat or whatever you know Mm-hmm. The point is, is that we're all human. We want, we have to grant ourselves and each other a break in this world. We're just human. Yeah. But there's some especially harmful types of people out there. And that's why I talk about some of these influencers. That's why I talk about some of these haters drinking their hater aid. There's just some people that you will befriend in this world who is going to royally fuck you with no provocation or minimal provocation. They're going to fucking ass rape you and you're going to be like, and you have to learn to heal from that and move on and believe in yourself and not let it get your mental health that reminds me of the the diary of a wimpy kid guy that kid grew up i just read an article about him and uh he killed his mom yeah and he's serving they just handed down a sentence life sentence possibility parole in 14 years he i can't remember the chain of events how it happened but it, but he killed his mom, and then he was going to go drive to Justin Trudeau's house, because he's Canadian, mm-hmm. and he was going to kill Justin Trudeau. Oh, damn. And then he didn't do that, so then he decided instead he was going to go back to his old school, mm-hmm. and, and, and I don't want to yeah, say it. But no, it doesn't need to be said. He wants yeah. to do harm to the school, right? Yeah. And he got caught, thankfully. He's now, but I mean... I know this is a problem in our culture. I know it has a tendency to be more popular amongst incels, incel terrorists, and young men who are mentally ill, having struggles. And while I uh, relate to their 
pain, in terms of feeling lonely and agitated. Uh, their immaturity is what makes them feel like they have to lash out. You know, I've had people yeah. fuck me over plenty of times. You don't see me lashing out at others. You don't oh, see yeah. me doing hateful things. Mm-hmm. Um, speak on that. It, I think it just all boils down to the mental health of people. And some people, it's just, it's there in the background and something happens that triggers things and then shit happens. And yeah. So one last bit on this topic, traversing the world correctly, everything is possible, but nothing is real. Or is it? And that's why I just wanted to pose that question of how do we traverse this world in terms of, because it, you know, Joe, Joe Rogan will tell you, well, you got to double your efforts. You got to hustle. You got to find your hustle. Uh, Ice-T will tell you, you got to hustle. You got to be a hustler. Now, I get offended in capitalism that I have to be a hustler to make it, especially when I'm not an entertainer or a rapper, especially when I'm not an enter, you know, well, I am now an entertainer, but I didn't always used to be. I was like, how am I supposed to be hustle if I work harder at my job cooking? I'm, if I cook faster, if I cook smarter, if I if I'm more kind and positive, someday they're going to pay me better. I mean, so the yeah. what's the what is for real people living in average jobs in real places that aren't Hollywood, that aren't the city, regular people all over this country just living in average places with average jobs, dealing with average people problems, traversing the world. Uh, it's it's easy to go. Oh, thanks, Miss Kardashian, for your advice. Thanks, Kanye, for your advice. Thank you, Joe Rogan and Elon Musk for your advice. But uh, I don't think you relate to the real people problems. Uh, so, how do we traverse success and good emotional health in our culture uh, and feel positive about what where we're going, what we're doing? Just have to be self aware, I think, mm-hmm. and realize when you're falling down a, a tunnel of despair or depression and try to try to pull yourself out of it and just be realistic about things like don't beat yourself up because you're not a millionaire a year from now or whatever just try to be realistic and try to hang on to the good things well the one thing i said on the last episode about this podcast is that sorry to give you the stink of death that hey we may have to change things up to make it better uh and that stink of death is usually an oversharing that most content creators don't do is share their numbers or share their popularity or sharing their tumult when it comes to growth. But I do it because we, we put on a different kind of show. We put on a kind of show that is perfectly honest and perfectly uh, speaks of our vulnerabilities, despite our strengths. Um, But, but as an average person, um, when is it time to shit or get off the pot? When do, should we know what is the metric? How do we know when, it's time when we're barking up the wrong tree, like whether it be my podcast or somebody's job out there. When is it time to start looking for something else? I think when you are fundamentally unhappy and it's wearing you down, yeah, um, it's maybe time to look for something. But it's hard for a lot of people these days because you have to be in a job. Right, and it has to make a certain amount of money, and you f- you get stuck. A lot of people do get stuck. And how do you recapture your joy in a situation where you know you're going to have to be patient? That's hard. That's yeah, yeah. Just trying to have a home life that 
is fulfilling and have things that you like to do that you know that make you happy or bring you some type of joy and right. just trying to make every mm-hmm. other part of your life as good and as positive as you can yes. to help you get through that part of it. Also, running and booze helps. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> the running, yes. The booze, no, not always. Yeah, I read an article the other day talking about ways to stop drinking so much and it was on my Google discovery feed and I'm like, well, I don't really drink that much, but there was a point in my life where I did drink a lot. And I know that's a very relevant thing that people turn to the bottle. They turn to libations in their time of need. And while I don't think there's anything wrong with it, um, when is it time to quit drinking or quit smoking pot or, or at least drastically reduce their bad lifestyle habits? When is it time to turn a libation into a learning lesson to stop, to do yeah. something better? Well, when it's interfering with, your mental Being health. able to live, your mental health, what yeah. you're doing in your life, your routines, your when it just becomes a problem that you can't actually live your life. It's yeah. obviously a time to yeah. get a handle on things. So when, basically, when you become Rudy Giuliani, you quit. When Hopefully the, before that. When, this, yeah. when the flop sweat <laughs> is, is draining the dye from your hair. That would be a good time. Because yeah. you drink too much the night mm-hmm. before. Uh, maybe it's time to, oh, I don't know, introspect a little bit. Yeah, that'd be a good start. <laughs> I'm teasing, but I mean, there is a utility to that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank you, baby. That was really good. Okay, and these are in no order at all of importance or anything. I'm just going down the list because we're going to start season five. Uh, we may end up taking the show down to one episode. We may not. Uh, it's hard to say. Um, I'm kind of thinking yes, because it will allow me more time for the YouTube stuff and the second podcast. In other words, what I want to do is I want people to see Rebecca and I and our personality and our goodness and our kindness. And and I want to put us out there in digestible bite-sized pieces because some of our best work is like way, way deep, deep into the episode when we're really on fire. And then by then everybody's tuned out. I'm like, Hey, (laughs) so I want to, you know, make us more easily v- v- to go viral. You know, Keith Burt talks about virility, vi- going viral. I don't know. <laughs> that didn't sound right. <laughs> but he talks about going viral and how you have to make yourself go viral certain ways. He does a lot of skit videos and reaction videos and things like that. And you go viral. And it works. It works. And it helps people see who you are, yeah. see your personality, see what you care about. And people want to connect with that. And that's what we're trying to do here is we want to create an empath tribe. We want to create a family of people that all love and respect one another, you know? Yeah. Um, going to the next topic, chasing the fountain of youth, fitness culture. I have Limitless here. That's that new documentary by uh, Chris Hemsworth. On, oh, yeah. on Disney Plus. It's the one where he found out on the final episodes that he has all the genetic precursors to uh, Alzheimer's, Alzheimer's yeah. disease. Right. Mm-hmm. I might have it. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and, and then, and find, okay, chasing the fountain of youth, fitness culture, limitless influencers, and finding a balance that works for you. Now, so the point is of this episode is chasing the fountain of youth. Talk about fitness culture. Um, talk about the influencers out there like Joe Rogan, like Chris Hemsworth, who are just these buff dudes who are at a high level of fitness. And uh, uh, talk 
about uh, how do we find balance that works for us? Because we're all being influenced out there by all these highly overachievers, frankly. And while yeah. I believe we should all try to find a solid state of being, uh, you know, we should, you know, get into our rhythm, get into our zone athletically, get into our mental and, and physical fitness uh, where we can, you know, I can do right now, not all at once, but I can do a thousand sit-ups, a thousand crunches. I do them in, at 25 at a time, but I can do them. I can mm. do a thousand. I used to not be able to do that. I can now. So even when I take a week or two off, I'm like, man, I'm not as swole, but I still look all right. Like it, it gives you a little bit of energy juice to keep going. It helps you stay motivated. But for those who are just starting out into the fitness craze, for those who are just, I don't know, maybe giving up on themselves because they don't think they can compete with all the beautiful, perfect people out there, speak on how can we uh, motivate and encourage these folks who are feeling like, um, there's just too many beautiful, perfect, buff, fit people out there, and uh, it's discouraging to some and encouraging to others. Just talk about our fitness craze culture and our perfect looks culture, and uh, how do we maintain a confidence and balance in our own personal yeah. lives and not let those influences over-direct our, our moods or over-direct our, uh, you know, we tend to try too hard. We tend to you know, go too far. We tend to, I'm going to be just like Chris Hemsworth. And then you end up in the damn ER because you fucked up your back. Cause you're not, you're not ready to work out like Chris Hemsworth. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, for one, you have to realize that most of the people like Chris Hemsworth and Joe Rogan and a lot of the Instagrammers and yeah. blog, well, I guess <clears throat> blogs aren't really a thing anymore, but that's what they do. Yeah. That is their job. They yeah. get paid to exercise. They get paid to be fit. They get paid to look a certain way. Yeah. And normal people exercise is on top of your job and your family and mm -hmm. your household and Well, think about the handful of people, the celebrities who stopped and and the and the tumult that it and the the stir that it caused. I mean, there's photos of like Vin Diesel looking kind of dad bod and mm -hmm. everybody's like, that's newsworthy because he's sitting on a balcony yeah, with a dad bod smoking like a, a cigarette. Person. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he looks right. like a real person. Right. Yeah. Or Brendan Frazier never hears the end of it because he was this handsome buff dude. But I just read an article about when he was doing George of the jungle, he was starving himself to death. He was passing out from exhaustion. Yeah. He was getting to the point where he couldn't remember his own ATM pin number anymore. Yeah. You know, so yeah. there's a there's a cost to being that fit that a lot of people don't see. I mean, uh Rocky, you know, Sylvester Stallone when he was making Rocky 3 ended up or no, Rocky 4, he ended up going to the ER because he got punched by Dolph Lundgren in the solar plexus and it 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 shook his pericardial sac and he almost died. Yeah. So at the end of the mm -hmm. day, while we all want to feel like these you know, limitless type people at the end of the day, even those who have, uh, it seems like they're limitless. They, they have limits too. Yeah, they do. And age helps because when I was younger, yeah. you know, seeing all those magazines and things that it, it does make you feel bad about yourself. And you just have to realize like, yeah, you, you read behind the scenes stuff about these people and they're starving to death. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're miserable. They're, they're starving, they're in pain. And a lot of people, that's just their, that's the way that they're genetically made. 
they look like that because that's how their genes are. And most people can't achieve that. Well, and also when you're successful, you don't lean on other things as much. Like you don't lean on Doritos and cheese as much. You don't lean on beer as much. When you're successful, you have all these joys and comforts and 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 privileges that that a lot of average people don't feel like they have and yeah. so they don't seem to need all the crap that we regular folks uh, the libations uh, to to get through you know yeah that's a good point too um yeah I, you know at the end of the day i mean how we're never going to get rid of social media and i've we spoke on this before so i don't want to go too far with this mm-hmm. but what is the main takeaway when it comes to Feeling like there's so much inherent haves and versus have-nots. There's so much inherent wealth. There's so much inherent beauty There's in some people. You go on Instagram, you see all the beautiful people with their big tits and skinny abs and uh, these big buff dudes, and uh, you don't even see that in movies half the time. No. So that, that I think people need to take put this into context that people born naturally perfect is less than 1%. Yeah, and Instagram <laughs> relies on filters right. and things that smooth out the lines and smooth right. out the bumps and take away the pores and take My away the imperfections. My own Pixel phone does that and, now. Yeah, exactly. So that's what people, especially young young people that, that aspire to that right. when it's not <clears throat> achievable because it's not real. Well, I get, I, I get a lot of these fitness motivation things and... They're always talking about, you know, here's a kid at 13, here he is at 23, here he is at 33, and he got big and yoked. Like, good for Mm -hmm. you. Yeah. He might be working at Best Buy, but good for you. Yeah. My point is, is that I think people put way too much pressure on themselves, and then they work out too hard, and they end up injuring themselves, or they try to, they don't realize that working out, or success, or anything in life, is a slow curve upward it's not a it's not a fast thing it is is a low and slow thing that through better habits over time you become more positive you become more active you become more fit and then therefore your body can endure mentally and emotionally the things that it couldn't before Mm -hmm. you become better yeah we become stronger um but a lot of people feel discouraged and 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 that's the thing when you live in a regular town or have regular jobs or you're surrounded by people that just aren't living up to your own personal sensibilities or sense of class and, and dignity, a lot of times people get discouraged when they're in the rat race. And how do we yeah. give these folks an understanding that they're not alone, that there's ways to get better? Yeah, just just look around you <clears throat> and talk to people and realize yeah. that people are dealing with the same stuff. And it's... You're not alone. Yeah. No, I think that's good advice. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, at the end of the day, um, I get, you know, I always say, too, if these things are bothering you, they're becoming problematic. If a friend is becoming problematic because they're pushing you too hard, but not in a kind way, but in a comparison type of way or in a hateful kind of way, maybe lose that friend. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're in, on social media and there's a bunch of sites that are just showing you all these perfectly fit people and it's starting to bug you, tune out, turn it off for a while. Yeah. Um, I turned it off for a while cause I was trying to achieve my own goals. And then I was like, God, it just seeing it 
rubbed in your face, the wealth, the have versus have-nots, the privilege, the perfect bodies, the perfect positive attitudes. It's like people don't realize that a lot of people were born on third base, y'all. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's a lot of rich yeah. people in California that are born in Silicon Valley. They were born and raised by celebrities and people with money. And then they look like you and I because genetically we're all kind of the same. But you don't know what kind of privileges they have. And so yeah. we have to get over this idea that people on third base getting to home and scoring are just as valid as those who got there from obscurity and poverty mm-hmm. and nowhere yeah and just so, realize that they you're enough and yeah if you like exercising do, do it. it if, if you, you don't don't then don't push yourself to try to be something that you're not and i know i've said this before, like yeah like okay sometimes i'm like okay i could you know i could lose a little bit weight a little bit of weight but i like cake <laughs> i like to eat <laughs> I, like I like to relax and cheese <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah so just realize that this that social media is not real most of the time well, and these people that's the problem i have with people like joe rogan is yeah. when you become a wealthy influencer your advice is coming from a place of privilege privilege yeah. and entitlement mm-hmm. and whether their intentions are good or not which i think their intentions are trying to be good yeah but there's just this inherent sense of miss they don't understand regular people they've been yeah. wealthy too long they've been yeah. privileged too long they have too many people kissing their ass to understand that regular people are suffering to a point where they go crazy mm-hmm. you know yeah. and they don't understand the pressure and uh, nor do they understand that in order to feel like you have to get these bad things off your chest, you got to talk about them. You know, that's what yeah. I mean. It's not okay anymore to say that the world's not fair, but it isn't. Mm-hmm. And we're not allowed to say that, Joe yeah. Rogan? Oh, come on. Yeah, I know. Come on, fella. Yep. Grow up, Joe. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> enough of that. Um, okay. Uh, the world, this is a new topic. The world decides the winners and losers, but don't take... But take no for, don't take, ugh, let me try that again. <laughs> uh, the world decides the winners and losers, but don't take no for an answer. That's very similar to the previous topic. It was kind of a subcategory. Mm-hmm. But my point is, is um, I knew this guy. He was a Christian. You could not convince him that God wasn't real. Boy. He was as real as you, you standing right there in front of his face. He, he wasn't going to let any argument, any scientific evidence, nothing. He wasn't going to let anything get in the way of his positivity and hope for Jesus Christ. Now, yeah. is that hurting anybody? No. It's fine. In mm-hmm. other words, maybe, and I've talked about this before, maybe a little bit of delusion is a good thing. I'm not saying he's deluding himself. I'm just saying that... Optimism and positivity can feel a little forced, can feel a little much, but if it's helping, I say go for it. Oh, absolutely. As long as <laughs> you know. it's not hurting yeah. anyone else, it's not hurting yourself, you're you're still well, they say living and fake it till you make it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you believe in that precept? To an extent. Yeah. To some extent. I mean to what extent? it just it helps <clears throat> with your attitude and it helps with your positivity and your, your mental health. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to let the fact that my podcast isn't the third highest rated podcast in the world deter me from putting out good content to be 
a personality worth listening to on the radio. Oh, well, I'm not Joe Rogan. I'm not Howard Stern. I'm not, you know, Bill Burr. And I'm not Mark Marin, so I guess I'll just wrap it up and walk home. Yeah. Take my ball home and yeah. go home. No, no. fuck no. Um, but again, like before I was saying, when is it time? When when should you know when you know, Joe uh, Mike Rowe once said there was an article and he said that people delude themselves to an unhealthy degree thinking they're gonna become a famous singer, thinking they're gonna become a famous rapper or athlete or whatever, an entertainer. And there's a lot of people who uh, aren't talented enough, don't have the it factor, even. The, but they they got the ego, they got the vanity, they got the youthful body, they got they think they got it all, but there's it's just not all there. Um, when is it time to face the fact that guess what, buddy, you ain't it? When is it time? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and I know that's hard to say, mm-hmm. but not everybody's going to make it. Not everyone's going to be famous. When should we know when it's time to wrap it up? When we're barking up the wrong tree? Well, when it's interfering with your your regular life. And but what if that delusion, that feeling of knowing someday you're going to be a famous rapper, is the only thing keeping you sane? Well, then it's fine. But what I if mean, it's totally delusional? If if you're still happy and you're still living your life and you're still feeling good about yourself, then fuck it. But what if you I become mean, the pretty fly for a white guy guy? No, he still, you... still had something. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think you're right. I think in, 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 in contextually, when you think about the world, if you ain't hurting anybody and, you, and you're and not hurting yourself, you're not hurting then, yourself, then I think positivity I'd rather people delude themselves in something optimistic than cling to something negative um, yeah. that, that slows down their growth and progress. Yeah. I, I try to show people, hey, we should live in objective reality. We should believe in science and reason. We should talk about the issues in a way where we're not deluding ourselves. But at the end of the day, I think there is a certain amount of positive delusion. It that can be okay. Is okay, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Little tidbits of, I'm going to make it. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. You got anything else to say about that? The world decides the winners and losers, but don't take no for an answer. Nah. You got it. That's that's all you got? Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, here I have um, the benefits of trash talk. Now, in most general terms... It is not okay to talk trash and, and and invalidate people, especially by name. Like, me as a podcaster, I have all kinds of problems with people, but I don't say their name. I don't make their life a living hell. I don't sign them up for travel vouchers on the love boat and all this crazy shit. I don't go out of my way to hurt and hate on anybody. But that being said, do I feel like trash talk is healthy? Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> but where do we draw the line, babe? Yeah, well, when it <clears throat> gets to a point where it's actually hurting someone yeah. financially or mentally or emotionally. or Well, that's why I call out some of these influencers, because um, some of them, like that, remember that empath killer? I found a guy who's, he thinks everybody but himself is fake. So if you claim to be an empath, he's going to destroy you because he's the only real empath. Mm-hmm. He's got something wrong with him, but yeah. he's got... 100,000 people on his Instagram. So I blocked him because 
It was a preemptive strike because you don't know me and there's no way you're going to be able to prove your assertion. In other words, there's just some people that are just off and they're just, they're very charismatic. They're very intelligent, but they're just, they're not playing with the full deck. And these people uh, are are doing harm to our society. Uh, You see all these wealth, uh, wealth habits and wealth, People on Instagram trying to, uh, in, you know, they've got millions of followers. And they're trying to tell people to be, you know, brutal, to be cold, to be cunning, to be fuck everyone. Only chase your great dreams and never be nice to anybody. Take what is yours. Do you think that's a, the right attitude to have in a society where we have to get along with people? No, not at all. And why? And that's, it's sociopathic. But, and it's, But it seems like that sociopathy is a way people think that they can defend themselves from hurtful and hateful people out there. Yeah. Um, but it's almost like when you've been hurt enough, you become the hurter. Yeah. I feel yeah. like those who've been abused become the abuser. And instead of breaking the cycle, they take the cycle further. They promote the cycle. Yeah. They perpetuate it. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. our society does seem to reward that type of behavior mm-hmm. a lot because a lot of people that are successful that are the heads of these companies, they are absolute sociopaths. Yeah, there's a lot of... They've proven that a lot of business people are psychopaths. Yeah. They don't care about anything. They have no conscience. They double, triple, quadruple down when they are wrong. And um, it's dangerous. And that's why we tackle misinformation. That's why we tackle billionaire culture, because there's no utility in it for regular people. It's just causing more problems. Last night, we were watching this guy. I I don't know her name. I can't remember her name. But it was a Filipino author Mm -hmm. that was talking about the dictatorship in the Philippines. And her book is titled something like, how to challenge how to stand up to how to stand up to a dictator right Mm -hmm. and she was talking about the the title of it It was on stephen colbert and she was it it was it was talking about uh when social media free speech actually hurts free speech talk about that do you remember the concept of that i kind of don't all right hold on okay so i found it here a journalist and Nobel Prize winner, Maria Ressa, discusses the insights about democracy and freedom contained in her last book, How to Stand Up to a Dictator, and outlines some of the perils of living in a world dominated by social media. Find Maria's book available everywhere now and read more of her work on the Philippines' top digital news site, uh, rappler.com. That's R-A-P-P-L-E-R.com. Uh, but I'm going to play this excerpt of the Stephen Colbert show uh, and then I want your uh, hot take on it. Are those two connected uh, uh, authoritarians or dictators and social media companies? How are they connected in ways that perhaps we don't often think about? One enabled the other. You know, there's a reason why 60 percent of the world today is now under authoritarian rule. The number of democracies globally has been rolled back to 1989 levels in 2016. I stood up and I said, we demand an end to impunity on two fronts. Rodrigo Duterte, our president in the Philippines, his brutal drug war. And the second is Mark Zuckerberg's Facebook. Because in the end, what happened in the Philippines would not have happened if Facebook wasn't there. A hundred percent of Filipinos on the internet are on Facebook. Facebook is our internet. And, you know, I guess 
This is the other part. In 2016, I said, America, look at us. What is happening to us is coming for you. And I, when I saw January 6th happen, um, violence on Capitol Hill, something we have never seen before, but the same methodology, bottom-up social media, lies, a fact, you know, becomes a lie or a lie said a million times becomes a fact. So you can't distinguish. Then it comes top down from the government, from the president himself, same methodology. And then you have no idea where truth lies, right? So in our case, what we saw is all of a sudden society was splintering. And how do you react to this? Uh, I think the other part is that because This is where I'm going to be like Sisyphus and Cassandra combined. Three sentences I've said repeatedly since 2016. If you don't have facts, you can't have truth. Without truth, you can't have trust. Without these three, we have no shared reality. We can't solve any problems. We have no democracy. That's what social media has done. It has come in and used free speech to stifle free speech. Right? Mm. Anyway, so there you have it. Um, I just wanted your opinion on that real quick, because I think social media, she out and out said that without Facebook, uh, they would not have had any way to communicate with each other to rise up against this brutal dictator. So while, of course, there's a utility of social media, um, there are a lot of cases today where you'll see it in politics, for example. 